Hello and welcome to the Swim Brief. We are giving the people what they want this week. And what the people have told me is they want Coach Jake. Jake Shackelford. How are you, Jake? Good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you on the podcast this week. Um, I invited you on. You're, you're my favorite kind of um, guest because you're the kind of guest I invited you on yesterday. And I was like, hey, you game to do this thing tomorrow? And you were like, yeah, uh, let's go. You know, like <laughs> no questions about it. That's the kind of that's a kind of willingness to just wing right into it. I, I know I need in my life and I've always been able to rely on you for as well. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, you know, it's what I do. Apparently I just, you know, move across the country and do podcasts on a whim. So that's what happens. So let's talk about that a little bit. We're going to get into a bunch of things on this. Um, we are, we're going to, we're going to talk about you some, and, and part of the reason I want to do that just to preview people where we're going is, um, Jake, you signed up for, uh, my course and I want to give people a little bit of a flavor of what the course is going to be like, because I think, um, the podcast audience here, uh, I hope there's a lot of people who this course is for and are probably wondering like, you know, what, uh, what can I expect when Chris says like, we'll, we'll do it live on, on the course. Like, what does that actually look like? Um, so we're going to do a bit of that here in this, um, podcast. And then of course I'm curious, cause actually you and I haven't fully had that conversation. Some of the reasons why you, um, signed up in particular, that'll, that'll come in with what we're about to talk about, because for people who don't, um, who don't know you, uh, that well, you know, you and I worked together for two years. So you were associate head coach of Jersey Wahoos and, um, you were a giant part of Wahoos going, uh, all the way up to gold medal club status for the first time. And I, we haven't had a chance to properly on the podcast, like the two of us celebrate that moment. I know it was a few months back, but just at least describe to me, like, what was your feeling? on uh gold medal club day when when that news came out i mean it's you know it's bittersweet because i wish i would have been there um i had i had moved on in in august but uh, you know i think you just look back at all the work that you did um and and really all the athletes that you got to be a part of um helping build up and be great and that that's what you know that's what i'm going to take from it right um, this has happened a couple times in, in different places that I've been, and it really is the, the athletes and the, the coaches that you work with that you remember the most. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a big accomplishment. It's really hard to do. There's not a lot of new teams getting on that list. Um, so to be a part of that was, was awesome. What do you think? Cause you say like, yeah, it's hard and there's not a lot of teams that get up there. Like, what do you think we did? Because the year before we were silver medal club, I think maybe uh, Wahoos was silver medal the year before that as well. You know this stuff better nope. than me. I, I'm just getting getting into the club excellence statistics. You're, you were our resident expert when we were there. What do you think changed? Like, what did we do to, to, to push it over the top? What were the big sort of key pieces in your mind? There, there's a lot of small victories along the way on a path to something like that, right? So a lot yeah. of it goes unnoticed. But I think what you ultimately have to do is you have to talk about it. You have to make it a major part of your goals and you have to make everybody on the team understand why that that's a team goal. I think some of the biggest negative comments that people have about the club excellence program is, you know, there's not that many kids on your team that are going to make it to juniors. Some of these even gold medal teams, including us, there's only six or seven kids who are contributing. That's not a team goal. Um, but I think what we did a really good job of was making everybody understand that, you know, we only get there through our entire team, our age group program, our 10 and unders, our everybody in the national team, everybody on the, in the senior group pushing up. Right. Right. Those kids only reach those highs of, of making junior nationals and doing those things. If they're getting pushed from the top and getting pulled in that direction by our leaders on our program and then getting pushed up from the bottom, the young kids coming up and everybody's moving in, in an awesome direction. And that's when you see something special like that happen. Yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. I think, you know, the, the, the big, big piece was 
everybody sort of understanding what their role was in that, because it's not enough that you just like run a really good top team on a team, you know, especially when you have a club of 300 people, like you really have to hit a lot of details. You got to hit a lot of fine details and you got to be pushing from a lot of directions. Cause if you're just going like, you know, let's just, you know, make our um, elite group or in our, in our terms, we called it the national group really good. It was not going to be enough to do what we do. And I, I always understood that coaching the senior group, the, 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 the second group, one of the things I would say to those kids all the time is because I thought I perceived an attitude from them when I, when I started coaching there that, you know, like, oh, we're not good. Like the, the sort of the attitude was like, well, we're not on the best team, so we're not good. Something I said to them over and over again, um, and I think the kids started to embody the attitude was, this is one of the best swim teams in the world and you're in the second best group. Like, let's just frame this a different way. That's not, not good. That's, that's amazing. You are, you are good. And, um, you, you working on getting better, you doing, you know, the things that you had to do to get better, which in, in the case of my group, for the most part was like just about showing up to practice and then finishing the practice that we were doing. It was real basic, blocking and tackling of the sport of swimming. But if you can figure out how to do that, then that, that tide is going to lift us. And that is actually one of the things that makes us one of the best swim teams in the world, not whether or not somebody goes to junior nationals and, you know, makes the B final or not. That's like, that's a side effect of everything else we're doing as a team. Um, And I think, uh, both of our former boss, uh, Paul, always understood that really intuitively. Um, that was definitely something that philosophically he brought, like leadership-wise, um, to the team. I guess um, um, since I know Paul is a listener, well, actually, I'm not going to ask this question because Paul is a listener. But um, having worked there for two years and you guys coached a lot of practices together, why do you think um, Paul has been so successful as a coach at Jersey Wahoos. What's, what's the special sauce of Paul? It's, it's, it's hard to pin down. I think he really knew systematically what needed to be changed to really help from the coaching staff to the athletes be at their best. And then I think he, he constructed a very simple, like goal oriented culture to move forward from the coaching staff to the kids and like, you know, just small steps at a time. And then I think the big thing is he brought in some bright people, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about myself. Now maybe somebody else would say that, but uh, you know, he brought in you first kind of like part-time and helping out from the positive psychology side. And then he's like, you know what? You're awesome. Let's just get you on deck. Right. And then, you know, bringing in Katie and Todd from a dryland side, bringing in a PT company to help out to take it, you know, he's just taken a lot of things um, that most people don't want to do because they don't want to lose control of, of a large part of their athletes, especially their best athletes. Um, and that became a cultural thing, right? Everybody's helping everybody to get better. Yeah. I always, I, I, I've reflected on this and I, I guess my answer, my answer changes over time. So yeah. if like, you know, six months from now you ask me what makes him good, I probably give you a different answer. But today, you know, my answer as, as I think about Paul is he is always focused on where he wants to go. He's always focused on that. And that allows him to stay very positive, even through all sorts of frustrating moments, because like, he, he, he just keeps driving forward because he knows exactly where he wants to go. And for the most part, he knows how he's going to get there. And when he doesn't know how to get there, he's pretty curious trying to figure it out. Like he's not like, he's not, he doesn't end up wallowing in like, oh man, we just can't figure this out. And I guess this is just how it is. And like, uh, you know, what are we going to do? He just kind of keeps hacking away at it. And that, that drive, um, to get where you want to go, it, 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 
it filters out, right? It filters out. Definitely. You can see it in the swimmers that, you know, they end up instead of taking their attention to all the things that, you know, might be in their way in terms of achieving what they want to achieve. They have a very clear, like, here's what I want to achieve. And I, I pretty much, I know what I should do to get it. Um, and that simplicity, I think really, really works. Um, in, in, in the, in the situation that he's, he's coaching in, it, it helps a lot. Yeah. And I think he went in there with those, right. You know, I think he yep. went in to the job with a, some pretty clear and defined goals of what he wanted to accomplish, what he wanted to help the kids accomplish, you know, and I think that's yeah. about as much as you can ask, right. The rest of it is just kind of adapting and, and figuring out because everything's, every situation is, is more different than you could ever imagine. <laughs> it's, it's very different all across the country, across the state, wherever you're at, every situation is pretty unique. All right. Back to you. You have moved back as you referenced earlier. You've, well, you've moved back. I say like to where you grew up, you grew up in, in actually you were from Minnesota originally. Is that, is that, do I remember that correctly? Yeah. I was like I was really born in Minnesota, but I, we moved when I was three. So I, I grew okay. up here in Wisconsin. Yeah. Back, back, back home in Wisconsin, your full-time coach with Madison Aquatic Club. Um, talk a little bit about what that, that transition has been like and, and the kinds of stuff you're doing right now. Uh, it's, it's been interesting being back in, back here. Um, it's been, feels like home, but at the same time, it feels very foreign because I've been away <laughs> a long time. Um, but it's been, it's been really nice. The team is great. Um, I have a great boss, uh, Shane Ryan owns our team along with, uh, his, uh, business partner. And, you know, we just have a great support staff as coaches and they let me do what I do really well, which is coach a lot of kids and try to help them get better. And, uh, we're looking forward to breaking ground here pretty soon on our brand new facility pool. And, uh, so there's some bright things ahead here that I'm really excited about. Yeah, I know. I'm excited to hear more about that pool as well. I remember you mentioning that um, when you out got out there. So I want to get into the piece that I, I teased earlier, because, again, I, I want to show people a little bit of um, what they might expect uh, when they sign up for the course. Now, I'm going to use as an entryway, actually, something that you and I have been texting back and forth about, because you sent me... Um, you sent me a text, I don't know, maybe it was like a month ago, maybe it was two months ago. I, you know, time is a, is, a, is a flat circle. I don't know when things happen anymore. But, you know, I don't know what you're expecting. You maybe thought like, oh, Chris will like give me like a couple sentences or something. And I think I texted you like the, the most volume of text I've texted anybody for a long period of time. Um, but, it, but I was so engaged by... The question, it was clearly something that I've been thinking a lot about. And I think it's an important question for um, people to anybody who's coaching to, to work through. So you texted me, you said like, hey, what do you think my biggest strength is and my weakness? Is that, is that you remember it that way? Was that like? Yeah, it's something I thought about asking you for a long time, but I, to be honest, I'm not sure until I sent that text that I really wanted to know the answer. Um, but, you know, and being around you for, for two years and kind of through osmosis, you know, learning some things. And, you know, I think you had a pretty good sense of, of who I was and what I'm about and uh, what I care about and what I'm trying to do. And so I thought it was important that I kind of got, while it was fresh in your mind um, from us working together, what, what your thoughts are on my strengths and weaknesses and things that I want to continue to work on. Yeah. And we're going to get into my answer, but you've now you've piqued my interest with something that you just said. Cause I, I, you know, <laughs> you didn't know that you were giving me another opening yeah. to prod you with. <laughs> um, <laughs> so here's what you can expect guys. Um, well, what, when you said you, you like, you didn't maybe didn't want to ask, Tell me more about that. Like what was holding you back? Because I think that a lot of people probably would like to know, right? They'd like other people to be honest with them. Like, Hey, what do you think I'm good at? And where do you think I'm struggling? Right. They're like, that's like a, 
that'd be a good thing for most people to know. Right. But I totally understand that feeling where you go like, yeah, but do I, am I going to actually ask somebody else, right? What they, what they, what they honestly think. So what was there? It's a, it's a trust thing, right? You have to trust that person. You have to believe that they're competent enough to understand, right? Which I obviously, right. Right. Um, you, so like, you're not going to ask, you know, someone who doesn't know you, or you're not going to ask your mom because, you know, it's not going to be a truthful answer either way. Right. Like you have to have somebody who understands and can give you the context and, but it's still, you know, it's scary, right? You devote your life to something and you want to be really good at it. It's, it's a scary question to ask. And because I know I'm asking you, I know I'm going to get truth, right? I know you're not going to sugarcoat <laughs> things, you're not going to be intentionally mean, but, um, right. you know, that's a hard thing to really ask someone who you think is going to give you a real truthful answer. Right. Um, yeah. Of anything. I mean, that's, that's like coaching, right? Though, like you, you want people to be able to ask you like, Hey, what do you think? And then on the other end, as a coach, you want to be able to tell people the truth without like, without it landing, like, you know, like a two by four to the head. And they just like, they're just kind of reeling and going like, Oh shit, what do I do now? You know, that I, that I found out what's going on. I think, you know, so many of the situations that we end up in, coaching wise, there's somebody on the other end. Like I, it's very, very interesting. When I started working with college teams, I can't tell you how many, um, how many times I would hear from a coach on one end, like these kids don't, don't want honest feedback. Like they don't, they don't want me to tell them what's going on. That's what the coach was receiving. Right. And the kids on the other end would go, I can tell coaches not being honest with me and it drives me crazy. Right. And I think they can both be honest and true. Like they can both be telling the truth in that situation. You can both be true that the coach is interpreting like, Hey, when I try to be honest with this person, like it is not well received at all. And the athlete can go like, yeah, I can see through that. And I know that I want something honest, but yet that's not really how it's ending up working in the end. Right. Hard not to take it personally sometimes, especially when you're younger, you know, I think that that's, (laughs) it's also a question that I'm now like experienced enough and old enough to really be able to take no matter what the answer is. So I think that you just get that through experience and confidence in yourself. Like that's not going to break me no matter if you have a negative answer or not, which, you know, I was hoping not, but you never know. Right. It could be like, man, you got some things to work on and everybody (laughs) does, but, um, you know, it's, you gain enough experience and confidence in your own abilities. So you're like, all right, I want to, I want to get better. I want to keep improving as a coach and as a person. And so, you know, I, I want some honest answers and, and try to find ways to improve those things. And I think you, you made the observation when we were texting back and forth about it, that, you know, this is the kind of question that like you had just been through, um, you just been through some, some job processes, right? This is something that comes up. Like when you're, you know, interviewing, when you're applying for jobs, when you're out there when you're putting yourself out there for somebody like this is a pretty standard, like interview question, you know, like some variation of like, Hey, what are you good at? And like, what could you work on? Right? Like that, that, that'll come up. But then, you know, it is interesting that so many times we haven't had that conversation. And then you're sitting there like in the interview and you go like, Oh yeah. What do I say? And I remember you saying in the text message, you're like, I got to write this down <laughs> so that I remember to use some of this next time I get asked that question. Yeah. Um, you have a good so, way. So I'll t- What's that? You have a good way with words. So it's good. It sounded good. Well, better than I well, something up, something I'm offering in the course is, uh, help with communication because yeah. like communication skills are incredibly important to coaches, it can be one thing to be good at something, but can you actually communicate to other people what you're good at? And can you communicate, for instance, what you what you want to work on in yourself or, or the deficits you see in yourself in a way that um, leaves other people like both thinking that you are honest and trustworthy, but also like they have confidence in you, 
right? It's not like devastating news to find out. Like all these are, these are all communication um, needles to thread. Okay, so I'm going to get in and now I'm going to make you doubly uncomfortable because I'm actually going to make you talk about the things that I said because I know that you agree with them. Um, and I know that they are, um, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit exposing to get into them, but I think it's, it's really good. So let's, let's start, let's start with the easier one, although probably not easier for you to talk about your own strengths, <laughs> right? But, but, but worthy. So what I said to you, um, if I'm, if I'm recalling myself correctly, I think that we worked together for, for, for two years. And when you were on Wahoos, um, what I saw from you was you were like, you knew every single kid on the team. You, you like saw every single kid. We had 300 kids on the team. I would come to a meet. I'd be like, who's that? And you'd go like, oh, that's this person. This like, you'd like rattle off all this information about them. And I'd be like, how the hell does he know? Like, how the hell is he keeping track? You're like, you're like that, you know, elementary school principal that knows every kid that goes to his school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you really were, you, 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 you knew every kid. And it wasn't just that you sort of knew every kid. And I, I, I the, even the way I say it, like you saw every kid, but you had in your mind a, a path forward for all of those kids. And it was, it was like designed around what stage they were at. And I think this is such an important skill for coaches because like we are, we're guides, right? Like kids are, kids are wandering around. They want to get somewhere. And we're like, this is the path, right? We're telling them that. And gosh, you got to have a path in the first place. And I see a lot of situations where people are just um, not necessarily, that's just not their forte to like have a thought through path and structure. So I guess maybe if I can segue you into talking a little bit about this, like why does it, when you look at like a swim team, like when you looked at Wahoos and you looked at all those kids, um, why were you interested in all the kids on the team? I mean, I think it comes down to the fact that ultimately I, I enjoy working with athletes and working with kids of all ages. I, I don't have yeah. a deep, <laughs> you know, problem working with eight and unders. I'm doing a lot of it right now, actually, um, with, with Mac Madison Aquatic Club. But um, I think it probably stems from the fact that I'm, I'm a late, late swimmer. Like I didn't start till I was 11 or 12. Right. Yes. So, you know, I think I see a little bit of myself in every kid. And then that is kind of that was the initial part of like, I think any kid could be good. Right. And when you start from that place, like I think any kid could be good. I think any kid could reach their goals. I think most kids can be better than they think they can. And if that's your starting point, then it's a lot easier to care about what happens with that kid. Right. And you're right. you're you're coming up with these ideas in your head like, OK, like, where are they at now? How can I help them? And then that becomes a personal investment. You're now invested in that kid, right? You know, and I think that that's, that's where it stems from. I, I think, I really do think that we underservice a lot of the kids in our swimming community. They're either overlooked or whatever, right? But I think we have a lot more kids who can be really good and really be a positive part of the sport. And they just tend to get overlooked or nobody's grabbing them and saying, Hey, like, this is what you can do, but you got to do this. Right. And it's going to be right. hard. <laughs> it's going to be really hard, but I'm here. I'm your guide, like you said, and I'm going to walk you through it, but you know, you have to care first. Um, and that that's probably where it stems from for me. Yeah. And I think that, that was, that was sort of how I could tell too, because you would show up to like, you're my favorite person to go to a meet with. Because like, if we went to a meet, like, again, I would, there would be a bunch of kids. I just wouldn't know what was going on, but I'd be sort of standing poolside and I'd like peek over and I'd see something and I'd just go and want to go like, I'm, I, that piques my curiosity. Not enough for me to like learn the names of all the kids on the team. Not, not in the way that it piques your curiosity, but then I could at least have somebody there to go like, Hey, what's going on over there? And you just go like, yeah. Um, oh, that's so-and-so. And, -so, and like, 
you know, here's something that I saw at practice. Here's where they were six months ago and here's where they are now. And like, it was so satisfying for my brain, which went, was like, I want the whole story right now. And you just be like, and you just download it into me <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. Um, what do you, when you look, when you look at uh, swim teams, you said that you said something in there, like often we, we sell kids short in the sport of swimming. Tell, tell me more about that. Like, what do you see, you know, just sort of systemically yeah, I, in, I in swim think, teams? I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bunch of bad coaches, right? I'm not, I, I don't, I no, don't. Coaches are amazing. I, I, agree. I, I really do agree with, with a lot of your sentiments on that, but I don't think that a lot of coaches have the experience of taking a kid who's not really that invested and teaching them how to be invested and teaching them how to love the sport. And then that turns into something three, four or five years down the line. That's you're like, wow, I couldn't believe that that kid would be here, you know? Um, right. And I'm, I'm, we got to see some of those things at Wahoos where it's like, you see a kid and then by the time, you know, we're leaving, you're like, man, that's not the kid we saw two and a half years ago. It's amazing how far that guy's come or that girl's come. Yeah. So, um, it, it stems from that. And, you know, I just don't think some coaches have the time or the resources to be able to do it as well. Right. I think what was so great about my position and what Paul allowed me to do is what I kind of had a hand in the pot of every single group on the team. Right. And so right. I could also, you know, part of my job was like, Hey, here's what's going on. Right. And then the other right. part of your job was like, make impacts all along the way. Right. Yeah. You're not the lead coach. You're not writing the practice for a lot of these groups. Where can you make the impact? Right. Is it in taking a kid who's a little further behind and saying like, Hey, here's where we need to go. Is it taking a group of boys who are goofing around and setting them out for the whole practice and trying to get them to be more invested. What is it? Like, how can you impact those kids? And so I, I was given the opportunity to do that as well. And that's a resource, right? I'm a coach and being paid, right? And that's not the easiest thing to do is say, hey, we're going to have someone on our program who's, you know, assisting the top group every day, but also trying to affect the program top to bottom. Yeah. I could have used you in Denmark. I tell you what, like, because I, I, the hardest, the thing, when I was a head coach over there, I, the thing that I never found my way into was like wrapping my arms around the entire team that I was coaching. I was having, you, you talk about resources and that was like, I was coaching a group of 20, but I was having such a hard, and I had two assistants, like, don't even get me started on the resources that I have. Now I look back and I think any club coach in America listening to me whine, like, oh, I didn't have enough resources would be like, go to hell, Chris. You know, like, but I, I guess I just, I had even come out of a college system where it was like me responsible for 12 swimmers and some recruiting. You know, so when I looked at a group of 20 swimmers, like I sort of like sized everything up in terms of what I what I expected myself to provide. And then when I tried to look at like this broader group of swimmers, I could never find a way to wrap my arms around like coaching the whole team. Right. Actually having like an overall sort of drive and, and leadership for what was going on at all levels of my team. I, I kind of wanted, uh, and this is unrealistic to get into kind of a set and set it and forget it mode. You know, like I could just hire some people and they'd handle that and it would just work itself out, you know? Um, and I, I don't, I just don't think it, uh, certainly you can afford to not be hands-on, but having some kind of touch point at every point that that is actually, I think, extremely important. Yeah. And that was, that was my role at, at Wahoos. And it was definitely my role before that, when, um, when I was coaching with the, with the Clippers in Northern Kentucky, it was, it was very little to do with the top group and it was basically just the rest of it. Right. So that's kind of right. been my coaching career a little bit is just kind of from the bottom up, 
seeing what the best in the country do and learning how to impact them. But, you know, my background is in um, making the second group better than most people expect. (laughs) Yeah. And as you say that, as you say that, I think I probably was one of those people before I coached at Wahoo's. I hadn't, I really hadn't had the experience of working with somebody who was just like not that invested in swimming and went from not that invested to like qualifying for a national level meet, you know, like that, that, and it was a crazy experience. I'm so glad that I, I had it. And I don't think I had at all an appreciation for, for that. prior to it. Like I, I had just been, I'd been mainly focused on kids that were already good, right. That were already good. They were already invested. What do I, you know, how do I keep them moving forward versus almost like fomenting that momentum from, from a very, from the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an inertia problem, right? You gotta, right. The first, you know, gear of it is like, moving at a snail's pace and then it just starts to pick up speed um and you start to gain some momentum and it's it's just really cool to see with a lot of you know what some people are capable of when you put the time and energy and um effort behind them and that's what's so great about this yeah so i'm going to get to the weakness question or the and then but i have one more on this that so what are some things you'd look for? Like when you, when you're, tr- when you're looking for an opportunity, like you're looking for that little like way in with a kid who maybe is like, seems to just kind of be like, yeah, they show up to practice. Sometimes they try hard. Sometimes like they're just sort of not that into it. And you are hunting, like, give me an example of some of the yeah. things where you go like, okay, I can hook in right there. And I just start the momentum. Yeah, it's, it happens a lot of times in practice because I think what most people don't understand or, or realize, even though they're all doing it, is every one of those kids that you overarch, like, they're overall not doing a great job. They're just kind of here. Their attendance isn't great, right? There's always that moment of that one set or the one time before practice where you hear them say something and you're like, oh, that was weird. Like they're really into this. This is great. Where they're having an amazing, right, you get the dissonance you have to hit that point. You have to hit them right then. Right. And whether it's, right. you know, being hard on them and being caring and, and kind of being like, no, you're not going to stop here. Like you right. have to keep going. You're doing awesome. This is exactly what it's supposed to feel like. Most of those kids have never have somebody like grab them like that. Like, no, you can keep doing this. Like keep going. Yeah. Or before practice, they, you know, if they say something that's like, you know, I really want to do this, grab them. Like that's the, that's the moment, right? You have to find those moments and they're, they're just a lot more rare with those kids. Right. And so you have to be on top of it. You have to be always paying attention and you have to really be on your stuff to be able to grab those kids at those moments. Otherwise there's twice as many of those moments where you're going to lose them. Right. And that happens. Kids move on and, you know, not every kid is going to love the sport the way we do. But, you know, I think there's a lot more moments than people think where you can really grab and inspire that kid and and change the course of their of their swimming career at the very least. Yeah. And look, I in that answer, I actually hear an element of positive psychology, which is what you've identified is that that, that persistence is a learned skill, right? It's not, it's not a quality that kids either are persistent or they are not. You are looking for opportunities where they go, I might like, I might be a little bit more persistent right now. And you're kind of like, you're looking for the timing for that moment to go in and just like, give them a little shove, like, keep, keep, keep that momentum going forward. So what they learn is like, oh yeah, I, I can, I can do this. Like I can do this. And now they're baseline for what they're capable of. Because I would say, if you look on your team, most kids that you're, you're think like, oh, they could be trying harder. It's not that they're lazy. It's that they don't believe in themselves. Yeah. They, they don't think they can do it. Nope. Right. Baseline for whether it's training or showing up to practice of what they think is 
what they're capable of or what the standard is, is just, you know, yeah, way lower than what you believe. Yeah. All right. So the, the next answer you said, like, what should I, what should I work on? And, um, so I, I, I turned to you and I, I gave you my best estimation of having watched you for a couple of years. I saw a lot of moments where like any human being on earth, like you made a mistake and then like you were, you were mad at yourself for making the mistake. Right. I see this in myself as well, which is probably one of the reasons I pulled this. Um, cause I've seen it, I've, I've, I've done it so destructively to myself at so many moments where you make a mistake and then you're mad at yourself for the mistake. And because like, because you're so consumed by like being mad at yourself for the mistake in the moment, like it, it, it kind of like can lead to like a cascade of more mistakes down the line, right? Cause you're, you're, you're emotional. You're, you're having like, you're distracted by that. Um, it kind of takes your eye off the ball for a little while. How did it, how did it feel hearing that over text? I mean, you, you know what your weaknesses are, even if you can't verbalize it. So it's like, Oh, a hundred percent. Like I, you know, yeah. I really do need to work on that. Right. Like it's, and I think you can still understand, and I'm sure you'd say the same thing, that it's, it's not coming from a place that I'm trying to do things poorly, right? It comes from a place of caring and, and wanting to be good at what I do. But, you know, you know, these things follow you, right? It's the perfectionist model of school, right, that we kind of, you know, I was driven into. And it's like, you know, you're exacerbating everything when you just think that it's the end of the world for every mistake you make because now you're just going to make more. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not easy to hear. Nobody likes things that have, but it's not like it was mean, right? Like you, that was, yeah. it was spot on. Right. Um, and I think you have to, you have to be willing to have that conversation with, you know, people you trust and yourself if you really want to improve those things. And so, you know, a lot of people don't, and I, I did for a long time, you know, it's not as easy as, you know, you make it out to be sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, well, we're, we're going to work on that. It's like, it's hard. You have to really yeah. be persistent about it because, you know, we're not that young anymore. We don't change that easy. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> Although I'm four months away from, I'm having some, I'm having some crises going on, you know? Yeah, we're about to have each our own. Although, you know what? I'm so looking forward to turning 40 because at this point, it's because I feel really good about where I'm at. So I actually want to be able to tell people I'm 40 because I feel like my my age starting with the four instead of the three, like people are going to, their perception of me is going to be like, wow, he's doing even better. Like right. he's 40, you know, like, <laughs> um, so it, 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 that's been a really nice change in my life because I think, you know, if you asked me two years ago, I was like, really, I was like, man, getting old sucks. You know, like that was my full, full on perception. So let me ask you this, because a lot of this, I have had some idea of what you're going to answer. And now I'm going to ask an uncomfortable question uh, live on a podcast that I have no idea what the answer is. So you say like, hey, I want to work on that. As we sit here today, what's your plan for working on that? A little bit, Chris. Yeah, no, I said, I said, as we sit here today, you say you want to work on that. Like, what's your plan for working on it? Oh, man. Um, I, I, part of what is good about my, my job right now is I, you know, have some downtime uh, in the mornings, especially. Um, and so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to look back on some of the experiences that I've had that are positive and negative um, and try to understand those a little bit better where, where I went wrong. And then a, a lot of it is just about, you know, being able to move on from things quicker, right? When something does go wrong, having that active conversation with myself about like, you know what, these things happen. Right. And, and, right. you know, every time you move to a new, new team, there's always some discomfort, right? Whether it's in, you know, I'm a big guy, I'm loud very often, right? And 
Um, I had some comments that were um, given to me. Now we're coming down to the end of the season from some parents that were, that were helpful to hear, right. They were like, man, you know, my child was legitimately terrified of you when they walked out of the pool deck. Like this is our first year right. swimming, you know, and there was some comments early on. It was like, you know, your style is not really working for my kid. I'm going, okay. You know, and I used to take that stuff really personally. Um, yeah. So I think part of, you know, coming back here and, and I'm trying to understand where I can just be helpful is that, some some of the ego is, is gone away a little bit. And I think that's helped me to have a little more perspective um, on on where I'm going. But it's it's hard. I'm all I it's always there, right? But I think it's about recognizing that little voice in your head that goes like, I can't believe you did that. Right. And right. not letting it spiral. Right. Yeah. Being able to have the time where it's just you sleep on it and it's like, okay, you know. Just have the conversation yeah. and move on. Um, but it's not yeah. perfect. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's really hard. Yeah. I'm having a really hard time with it. But it's um, it's better. It's getting a little bit better. And I'm, I'll take that for now. So we're moving. I mean, I think I, I think just to highlight part of your process there, letting your brain think of things all the way through and getting those thoughts out. Like it does do wonders because sometimes when you say this stuff out loud, like immediately it loses some of its energy or you like write it out or whatever. Like it is, it's true. Like it, it's just like, I realized for instance, like I'm kind of a bit of an absent-minded professor type, like and I'm, I'm constantly walking around and like forgetting to bring all the things from one place that I meant to bring to the other place. And like my version of what I described to you would be like, yeah, I would forget something. And I would immediately go like, oh, you idiot. Like you're such an idiot. Like, how could you forget that? Like that was my internal monologue on it. And like, now I would say 25% more of the time, I just go like, people make mistakes. It's, it's not a big deal. Like just walk back upstairs and, you know, get your AirPods. Like, it's okay. <laughs> right. Like yeah. just, just talk a little nicer to myself. Um, and it has made a big difference in terms of some of that compounding stuff. Yep. Um, okay. I want to get into the final section. Cause I, this, this part, um, people know, listen to the podcast. No, I've, I've got a course out there. I've got some people signed up for the course. You're one of those people. Um, and I'm really, really excited for this. I, I think, uh, I think, I think there's so much in this course for anybody that is, that is coaching anywhere. I don't care what level you're at, who you're coaching. What we're talking about here is not the X's and O's of, you know, uh, do this amount of volume at practice. We're actually talking about how to coach. Um, we're take, taking stuff from positive psychology um, to go back to the beginning, but I guess the question I really want to ask is like, I th and I think it's, it's appropriate is, you know, you, you signed up and people listening to this podcast know like, yeah, you had two years plus for us to just sit in a room. You could ask me any number of questions and you did ask me many, many questions. We had a lot of conversations about a lot of things. So why then did you go like, yeah, I'm going to sign up for this because I think this will be even more, I'll, I'll get a really good value out of signing up for this course. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's from seeing the impact you've had with kids on your own um, and parents on your own and picking your brain. It's like, you always, I always get 20%, right? Or 10%, whatever you call it, of what I think you're doing. And what I think you're doing that works so well. Um, and I, I think it's kind of become a part of me. I've, I've, I've seen it more in the last six months being away from, from you guys on deck is like, Oh, I'm, I'm a very different coach than I was three years ago. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, that is you, a lot of that is Paul. A lot of that is the team that we were a part of, but like, um, a lot of the positive side of like, you know, like, just keep having a positive mindset, but holding people accountable that a lot of comes from you, but I want to know more. So now it's like, it's almost a curiosity thing, 
right? Where I know there's more to what you're doing than just the conversations we've had and the things I've kind of picked up that you do. And I know that it's working. It's working for me, right? And I know how well it's worked for for you and some of the athletes that you work with individually or teams that you worked with. And I'm like, I just, I just want to know more. Um, I'm yeah. not a big reader, right? I'm not the person who's going to read every swimming book that's ever come out. Um, I've read a lot of them and I'm just not that interested. Um, yeah. Never been to a world ask a clinic. I, I don't think I probably ever will. Um, but, you know, I, I think these are the ways that we learn now that really make a major impact because I think we've been around it long enough to know that I know how to write a practice, right? Like I know how to do those things to help kids better, get better. There's always things I can learn there, but I think this side of the sport is where we really have no idea the amount of impact that we can make. And I've seen it in small parts with what you're doing already. And I just need, I need to know more, right? I I really do. Right. It's like, I'm not, I'm not getting a discount for saying this stuff, right? Like, paying, <laughs> He's right. He's not getting a discount. No, I'm paying to say it. it's already, it's already paid. Like, it's easy, you know? Um, but it's, it's worth it. Cause I, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't see myself yeah. leaving. Um, and I think part of the conversation that we're going to be having is how do I protect that for myself? Right. Right. That's my future. And then how do I really, really make an impact with those kids that I've really struggled with, right? You know, where, yeah. where am I missing for these, for some of these kids? What am I missing? Right. Where, where can I help? Cause you know, like we talked about, I know I'm positive. I know I believe in these kids and I care, but there are kids that I have just been beating my head against the wall trying to help. And it's just can't yeah. work. And if there's anything that I can do to help myself get better at, addressing those situations, man, that's, that's invaluable to me. Yeah. And I, I think you highlighted something that I just, I want to reference before I, I ask you the next question. And that is you talk about how we learn stuff. I had an epiphany in designing this course, which is for a long time, I had been thinking about a course that was definitely modeled off of the way I've seen a lot of people do online based like learning, which is, you know, they are, they're, they're taking like a, a kind of a normal classroom format and finding some way to translate it, maybe into a platform, maybe they've put it into some passive, like you're going to watch some videos and you're going to look at some cool slides and this, that, and the other thing. And I just thought like, Okay, is that really how any of the people that I know that coach, and I talk to coaches all day, every day, actually learn stuff? No. What we do is we we stand there and we watch somebody do it. And yeah. like like coaches are amazing at this. They 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 like if you what if I ask almost any coach, would you rather go um hear Dave Durden talk about what they did this season, or would you like to go watch him coach practice? Like people want to go watch him coach practice. They want to see the thing. And so what I'm, what part of what I'm trying to communicate and you reference it there is that like, you're going to see me do the thing. And that's how you're going to learn how to do the thing. Like you're going to learn how to do positive psychology because I will do it. I will practice the stuff that I do with athletes with you live on the call. And yeah, it might be a little uncomfortable, like the conversation we had, but like, I'm sorry, you know, um, I don't know what you say on your team. Maybe you walk into everybody and go like, I'm going to make you all really comfortable. And that's how you're going to be awesome at this. Um, I'm going to guess nobody uh, that I know coaching uh, says something like that. But I want to ask you another question because you you referenced price in here as well. And somebody you know, non-swimming related. I was talking to them about this yesterday and they go like, well, like you should understand people who are signing up for this. Like what, what, what might they, you know, what might they spend money on instead? And I said, to be honest, I think that most swim coaches, if they're deciding on this course, it's between spending nothing on their personal development or this. It's not like they're not weighing like another thing. They're either going to do something or they're not. And I think 
if I'm being realistic, it's because we're not like we're not the richest profession. We don't, we're not making a lot of money coaching the sport of swimming. I've never made a lot of money coaching the sport of swimming. I I'm going to guess no. you're not making a lot of money coaching the sport of swimming. So no. how did that weigh into it? Right? Like guess making that leap to say like, Hey, I'm going to spend some money on myself. You know, I, it's, you think about how much money we spend on, just nonsense. Like uh, every day, like I, you know, I was ordering food yesterday because I didn't feel like driving out in the snow. We're in the middle of a snowstorm here right now. Um, I think they canceled school today, so I may not even have practice today. Right. So, um, yeah. and it's, you know, every time you go to the grocery store now, it's two, $300. It's like, if I'm going to get groceries yeah. for a week, like what, what are we talking about? You know, I, I, you know, all these clinics and stuff like this and these online things, you know, I think what a lot of coaches do now is they try to listen to as many podcasts as possible, but there's no interaction, right? So, you know, if you're going to pay for a professional to help you and walk you through things, right? I, I always think about things at an hourly rate, right? So when, when I look at the course and you're like, hey, we're going to do this, I know it's not going to be a 10-minute thing. You know what I mean? Like right. this many weeks, I know it can't be, it's not possible the way you, right. the way you operate. So I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm getting Chris at like 20 bucks an hour. Like this is great. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like this is like, I can't even imagine anymore. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and directing what I'm trying to do. So that's, that's how I think about things. Um, but yeah, it's hard. I mean, I get it, but you know, a couple less Uber Eats orders next week and there you go. Well, I really appreciate you being willing to come on here and discuss all this and even answer all the hard and uncomfortable questions and, um, and giving me an opportunity to relive, um, some past Wahoo's glory, which, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't fully do with that other co-host who, by the way, people don't know this, um, Joel Rawlings was Jake's college swim coach. Correct. So just like, let that, let that mind uh, warp attack you as you're, as we're signing off in this podcast, just let yeah. that come across, um, that, that, you know, we haven't seen the two of them on the podcast together, but they used to occupy the same pool deck every day for, for years on end. Um, uh, Thank you everybody for listening. Um, here's the, here's the plug section. If you want to sign up for the course, you go to Christy coach. Uh, there's a tab at the top left, uh, positive psych education. You can check through there. Um, I got a podcast coming next week where I talk, there's actually two products there. There's a certification product and I go into full detail on that. I'll have a podcast, um, describing that my bonus positive psychology podcast that comes out on Tuesday, the one that I record by myself. Thank you everybody for listening to that. If you want more positive psychology based, um, little snippet content, go to Instagram, Christy underscore coach. Um, I know coach Jake's a big fan of the Instagram. He always, uh, responds to me when I'm putting stuff up, um, content also CD swim coach on Facebook. These podcasts are uploaded to YouTube and, um, you can download them, uh, right onto your phone through Spotify or Apple podcasts listenership continues to grow and that makes me feel really good um so thank you all for that thank you to coach jake one more time for coming and i'll see you guys again next week